0: Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Ops Authority Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Gingrich, and I'm also the author of the Director of Operations Certification Program. I am so excited that you are here. I trust if you're here, you have those amazing project management skills. You have leadership skills that you may be using or you may aspire to use to help you jump into the next level of who you are as a person and also who you are as a professional and I know that if you're on the path to doing just that, that leveraging some better communication skills that really can couple into coaching skills can be a large asset in this transformation. So with all of that in mind, today I have a dear friend, honestly, One of the icons in my personal life, one of my own mentors, I would consider her a peer and a mentor and just a darn good friend over the past seven years that I have been in business. Kelsey and I have been friends for many, 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 many years of that. And I'm excited to bring her here to showcase her goodness, but also she's got some really actionable items that I've been able to learn from her and seen her model year after year. And I'm really excited to introduce you to my friend, Kelsey Murphy. Hi, Nat. It's so fun to be here. (laughs) I love it. I feel like we're like hanging out and we're opening the door for guests to come in and just kind of watch us hang out today. And I think that those are some of the best podcast episodes. So yay for everybody. Before we get going, I want to give you the formal background on Kelsey, but you're going to hear a very organic conversation between the two of us, and you'll be able to glean and see some of these cool highlights that I'm going to share in her bio. So Kelsey is a business and a life coach working with Fortune 500 companies like Facebook and Twitter, also industry thought leaders like Marie Forleo, celebrity nutritionists like Kelly Levesque, and many other beautiful humans creating meaningful businesses and life. She's been featured in places like Forbes, Business Insider, Huffington Post, Livestrong, Living Healthy, LaurenConrad.com, and much, much more. When Kelsey's not coaching, you can find her hosting the top-ranked Whiskey & Work podcast. You guys have to give that a good listen, but she's giving good advice, sometimes comical advice on navigating the waters of business, life, and relationships. But on her other card, it might say snowboarder, eater, dreamer, fresh air addict, and you definitely are going to want to come say hello to her at KelseyMurphy.com. Kelsey, I am just thrilled to be able to share a dear friend with such great advice and wisdom to our audience today.
1: Oh my goodness. I'm so pumped to be here and it's so fun for me to be here too. I feel like it's going to be so hard for me not to just catch up with you and chat like we're having boxer conversations mm-hmm. over and over again, but I'm so, so happy. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yes. I think back to when we became friends, actually today as we're recording, this is Amy Loughran's birthday. This is, yeah. Yes. And I was looking back at some of her, some of our pictures together and I threw up a post together. And one of our very first pictures was me, you and her in San Diego, I think. so.
1: I love that back in the day when we kind of were finding, navigating our way through what are we doing? What do we love? What are
0: we going to stumble and fail at this year? (laughs) (laughs) The two of us, actually all three of us were very much in in an emerging and an evolving state. I think we're still there, but all of us were really at the beginning of who we are today. And so thinking back to that San Diego trip and the fun, long nights, the good conversations that really stayed with us today and have definitely built a strong friendship between the two of us. I am just grateful that you've been a part of my journey this whole time and I also, I know we're going to get into the the real core skills that Kelsey has and has shared with me, but if you're listening and you're like, wow, these two girls, you can just tell our connection and, and our dear friendship. I will model this to you guys and say that it's available to you. The two of us really, when we became friends, we just opened up as good friends, not as internet friends, not as people who were experts in different areas, but we just, we really, this sounds kind of weird, but we just fell in love with one another. We allowed this Relationship to be a friendship, and it has many different layers. I mean, Kelsey, like she said, we will box her about our personal lives, our professional lives. We get a lot of ideas, we get help from one another. It is a true friendship that has navigated many, many years. And even though we live states and states apart, I still feel like she's one of my greatest friends and has been a beacon for me as I have evolved and transformed in my business. So You're going to find people along the path that really are they're not here temporarily. They're really on your journey for a very long time. And it's because your values overlap and you also allow yourself to just trust and be present and and give as much as you receive. And that's been a real blessing for me as as we have grown up in business.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh, right? Talk about just putting one foot in front of the other and then all of a sudden you blink and you're here seven years later and you're like, wow, look at what we did.
0: (laughs) Oh. We've had plenty of those moments. We've also had plenty of meltdown moments with one another where it's like, oh, here we go. Or I'm at the crossroads and I really don't know what to do. Or I'm like, you know what, Kels, I've got these three options in front of me. Like, what do you think? You know, you know Mm -hmm. me really well. What do I do? And and we've been fortunate to be able to rely on each other now and for sure in the future too. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like we've, this last year or two, we've just had so many highs and the so many years before that were so many boxers of, well, that didn't work. Well, didn't hit those numbers. Like I thought I would like, (laughs) I'm so glad we stuck with Mm -hmm. it. Dear Lord.
0: Like, yes, man. Yeah. That reminds me just so many goals that we set for ourselves. So many ideas that we put forward so many times we tested and pivoted and, when you pivot there's there's this innate thing where it's like oh my gosh i'm going to do something different or i'm going to i'm going to start a new offer what's the world going to think of me and when you have really good people like i have found in you good friendship in you it's the constant reminder that you bring back to me is this pivot is getting you closer in alignment to who you are who you need to be who you aspire to be and that's that's just always been such good counsel as as we've definitely taken the road less traveled sometimes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Right. The
1: road that many people don't want to travel. Sometimes I feel like it's putting in the work, you know, and just knowing that you're in it for the long game. I feel like that's a lot of our, the theme of our boxers is like, what are we learning this month? Like, okay, what are we, what are we taking away that we can apply for next year and reminding ourselves like there's a next year and then there's a next year and then there's a next year. And then it makes you remember that all these offers you're putting out that all these Things. It's not just for this teeny tiny end goal for this month or for this quarter. It's the long game, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, and that we put so much pressure on ourselves about that today. But when we look back in our, both of us were in corporate. And when we look back in our corporate careers, it's like we evolved inside of the businesses that we were inside. I mean, we didn't have one title and do one thing for those 10, 15 years that we were inside of corporate America. We were always evolving. And so I don't know why we have that double standard when we're in business that we have to stay so rigid and we're selling ourselves out. If we change and we pivot, we're supposed to pivot. We're supposed to evolve. So it really is a fact. It's what we're going to all have to do because the world around us is changing. So we shouldn't have a double standard that we're going to stay stagnant or in the same place. And having people to do that and navigate that with is really important because even though I can tell you and encourage you, I can also be very honest and authentic and tell you that I have fought those gremlins, my own self, as we evolve, because you want to trust yourself. You want confirmation. And sometimes it doesn't happen in the very beginning of the journey. It oftentimes comes through experience and living it and gauging the success to see how you need to tweak to pivot to up level to to turn and and we're gonna do all of those things. So as we talk about the the changes that are going to happen and the opportunities that we're gonna have inside of our careers as we move forward. I want our conversation today to focus around the gift that you have found as you have evolved. And I saw this in you from the very beginning and I've seen you evolve to believe yourself own it, create, truly become a thought leader in this space. And that comes down to coaching. And the reason I want coaching to be, number one, it's, it's your greatest skill. I think it's one of the biggest gifts that you share with your audience, with me, with with your peer group too, is that coaching can show up in a lot of different ways. And for the majority of our audience, as you know, Kelsey's very familiar with what a director of operations does and operations in total, all different levels of operations. But in our audience, I know that we have people, all of us coach to a certain degree. And there are so many different ways that we do that. So I'm hoping today in our conversation that you can share some really cool tips and actionable tips to help us have better coaching conversations. Coaching shows up and and I'll let you own the expertise that you have, but coaching shows up all the time when you are in a consulting, in an operational space, when you're a strategic leader, when you're a partner, when you're managing people, it really shows up all over the place. So While we're kicking off, I know in my intro, I shared that you were a coach with Marie Forleo, and I know that that is something that a lot of people know you by, and that name is certainly not a small one in our space today, but I know you've coached lots and lots of other people too, other icons in our space. Give me the background of how, kind of where you started, where your professional roots are, and then how you got to be in the coaching space today.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like it was, it was stumbling. I'm fumbling my way forward. A lot of it, but you know, my background is in advertising and I was on the account side. And so my job was to kind of be this master communicator between creatives and then whoever my clients were. And I was working with big clients like Nintendo and Elizabeth Arden and GoPro and I would work and I would bring these, you know, people that were from a very corporate background, looking at the KPIs, looking at the numbers with these <laughs> creatives that were like smoke and weed in the basement to come up with these brilliant creative ideas, right? And bring them together to the table to have a conversation about how do we bring these brains together to create something that's on time, on budget, but still has this magic, right? Right. And through that, I I learned that, gosh, I love communicating with people and finding their common values, the common goals, the common desires. I love it when you're in a room and you can make everyone feel heard, even if they're very different and make everyone's opinion be recognized, even though we may not lean into one of their opinions or they may not win out. I just really became obsessed with communicating and the different personalities. And through that, then I started to really nerd out on communication with you know, therapists and, and learning about cognitive behavior and motivational positive psychology and emotional intelligence. And I wanted to understand what is it about us and our personalities and our backgrounds and the things that we bring to the table that makes us show up in the way that we do, to have the intrinsic motivators, to want the things that we want, to have the fears and the triggers that we have. And through that, I just started to become really obsessed with conversations and The more and more I did that, the more I realized I wanted to have bigger conversations about different things besides advertising budgets and besides creating commercials and While I loved that job, I started to have conversations with women about like, how do they go on maternity leave and still stay in the corporate world, right? How do they navigate those two loves of wanting to be this maternal human that is a traditionalist Mm -hmm. and irons their husband's clothes and shows up and has dinner on the table while also being this like feminist rebel who wants to pave their own path and be independent and fly first class and have champagne with their girlfriends. Like, how do you marry those two worlds together? And those just started to evolve as the conversations I was having. So- I had more and more conversations with like with that. And then I started to grow my coaching business really in the career transition place, right? Helping people transition out of careers that were not going to give them that lifestyle that allowed them to honor all these different sides of them and help them step into careers that were. And as I grew my coaching business, it became very successful. And I was able to help people and women specifically to leave their corporate jobs and then to start their own businesses. And I just naturally started to acquire the skill of being able to coach people through that while learning business along the way. You know, it was like business was kind of this thing that you were learning by doing. The coaching and becoming a masterful communicator was the thing that that was innate. That was something that was a natural gift. It was a natural zone of genius that I just leaned into and started to learn more and more and acquire more skills with. And then as soon as I was coupled that with being able to teach people how to have these successful online businesses, specifically in coaching or consulting, then that's just where I kind of found my zone. That's where people started to kind of come to me. That's where Marie Forleo started recognizing me. That's what I started to talk about on my podcast. That's when all of a sudden, like I started to find my groove and and my kind of niche, you know, so to speak. And so that's kind of like where I started and how it kind of
0: ended up in this little circle where I am today. I love every single piece of this. And we could just, I I remember so many of these conversations. I remember you finding and believing that you had intellectual property in the career coaching space. I can remember those conversations. Right? Well, you never think
1: that because you are looking to these masters and you're looking and learning from all of these. Beautiful, impressive people. Like, I would go to these big conferences and go to, you know, like these like wisdom 2.0 mindfulness conferences, listen to these psychologists being like, I will never be at this level. And then recognizing, like, yeah, every boxer conversation, every month, every quarter, I would just get a little bit more confident that I'm not like all these people, but I do have something unique about me. There's a unique method that I use. There's a unique way that I go about it. There's a unique kind of almost smattering of taking my history, like my personality, like what I want as a mom and as an independent woman. And when I put all those things together and I share them with people, oh my gosh, people are having success. Like they're feeling better in their marriages. They're feeling better about their careers. They're getting more clients. They're finding out what their specialties are themselves. They're owning their power and their strength. And I'm like, I think this is working. And you were like, Kelsey, like, are you serious right now? Like, this is a method. I remember you would, you would sit down with me and you'd be like, you have like 19 methods, Kelsey. And I'm like, are you sure? I don't know that they're unique. And you were like, oh my goodness, <laughs> put them on paper for goodness sakes.
0: And we did. And <laughs> I we remember. Did. Yes, we did. <laughs> yes, I love it. I want you guys as listeners in on this conversation to know and to see from someone else outside of just myself that this person who started as a corporate executive inside of the advertising space transitioned from that. I will say transformed using those skills that she had there, but deepening those skills moved into coaching saw the need and the the way that she was fulfilled by coaching, found a specialty inside of this large coaching space to go into career coaching. And then from there, continued to evolve and saw the opportunity for life and business coaching. So, I mean, this is a very small, quick snippet into Kelsey Murphy. But of course, there's a whole lot more that's not here. But I just want you guys to know that it is very, very common. It's normal. It is the way it is supposed to be through every single one of those iterations. She, again, she found that thought leadership. She found the way that she stood out. She saw where her gifts were. Whether she saw them or somebody else affirmed her in those, she started to believe them. And it made business and life so much easier because it was aligned in a way that never could have been if she resisted it. So we all do this. And I know for me, it's just so comforting to see other people around me who have done this and know that it's been a little messy, but there's such a bright light at the end of it. Because I think Kelsey and I are both in the same place where we're doing our life's work. I feel like there is nothing else that this aligns with me, the best of any opportunity that is out there. And I know that the reason that I am so fulfilled and Kelsey is so fulfilled, and she can say this for her own self, is the fact that we're leveraging our true natural gifts. We are not leaving any of those stones unturned. I make sure that my gifts show up in the way that I lead people, the way that I design my programs, the way, the kind of support that we have, everything from the structure to the delivery. So, and of course the content that I'm passionate about, but there is a way to do that. And I want everyone to know that When you have that ease in your career, it's likely because you're looking at what fulfills you. And Kelsey, I know that you answer the question for now that you're in coaching other coaches, right? Teaching people Mm -hmm. how to set up coaching careers, people will come to you and will say, I want to be a coach. And at the beginning of our journey, it's like, I could coach on so many different things. How do Mm -hmm. I pick the one thing? What what would be your advice for people who, who love giving, who love serving, who love having those really critical, inspiring, you know, being good communicators. How do we find what it is that we're good at so that we can double down on it? Oh, I love this question. And yes,
1: there are so many coaches. I feel like that when I start working with them, are like, there's so many things I could coach on, right? Like, it's usually not like I don't know what to coach on or I don't know what my business should be. It's usually like I could go so many different directions. I could help so many different people because usually at least the people that we're attracting, they come to us out of a place of service, right? They're like, I want to serve everyone. I want to help everyone with everything. And I'm like, I've Feel you. I feel you. And like, there is a time and a place for that, but let's talk about your business. Let's talk about what you can be known for. Let's talk about what expertise we can lean into so that when you tell people what it is you do and what you can help them with, it no longer confuses them. And I will always talk to my coaches and I'm like, you know how like when you go to Thanksgiving and like your uncles and aunts are like, what do you do? <laughs> like I'm going to help clear that up for you. So like you don't have to go to Thanksgiving to be like, I'm this kind of like coach. I help in, uh, you know, people be happier. Like we're going to get really clear on the people that you work with and how you help them. We're going to talk about the problem you solve for them. And it's going to be so specific and ownable they're going to be like, oh my gosh, I know three people I can refer you to that have that exact problem that just told me at the coffee shop the other day. Like that's how specific you want it to be. So I always remind people at the beginning of this, like... You have so many passions, so many gifts, so many skill sets, so much experience. It's less about finding this like needle in the haystack. And it's more about choosing something you want to lean into and commit to and test out. And I always say test out because I feel like when you're choosing a niche or an area, and this goes for coaches or anyone in business, right? Like when you're choosing what you want to lean into, what you want to be known for, what is the specific thing, the expertise that you want to be called upon for, it could be anything. So you're going to choose something to test out for 30 to 90 days. And I'll tell people like, sh- give yourself a time period, say, listen, I'm going to try this on. I-, I would like to tell you 90 days, but 30 days I feel like is less scary for people. They're like, I don't know if I can commit to 90 days, but if you're going to work your buns off, 30 days is enough. You could probably collect enough data. If you lean into like one offer or one expertise, like say you're a life coach and you want to lean into emotional intelligence or human design or leaning into the Enneagram, right? Like, then you commit to that. Like, I'm going to be the expert on that for 30 days. I'm going to let people know that is the kind of lead horse for where we start our life coaching conversations, right? And you you try that on for size and you see how that feels saying that to people. You see how that feels coaching people starting in that direction, Right. All of our coaching conversations, all of our communication that we have with people, it's going to be wide with a breadth of topics. It's going to be deep. It's going to be about so many things. But if you can choose kind of that one expertise to be known for, that's, I keep calling it like your lead horse, like just the thing that gets you on the podcast, that gets you in the door, that gets you... In part of the conversation that clarifies for someone, oh, I'm in the right place with the right person. You just need a little bit of that lead horse. Now, once they're in your world, they get all of you. They get all the passions. They can hear about your snowboarding passion and and your desires and and your dreams, and they can hear all the multifaceted, multi-passionate things about you. But you do need to choose one beautiful specialty, one expertise to be that kind of lead horse. And I will say, choose it and then just try it on for size, try it on for 30 to 90 days give it a whirl and see how it feels. And for coaches, I usually that come into like my programs, I will say, imagine this being an offer. Like you're not gonna be a life coach for the rest of your life, but imagine you're gonna release three offers this year. What are the three areas you're gonna test? What are the three kind of zones of genius you wanna play with? What are the three places you want to plant your flag that you want to try, you want to go out in the world, you want to say to people, you want to say, hey, this month I have an offer and I'm leaning into human design. Hey, this next quarter in the summer, I'm going to test out the Enneagram. Hey, this next quarter, I'm going to test these things out. And when you do that, it almost changes your brain, your mindset, and makes you recognize like, okay, I'm not choosing this area of expertise or this specialty for the rest of my life. Like I'm choosing it. So I have momentum. I take action. I move forward. I get a few clients and I try out and then I'll have the data to know either. I love this. People are resonating with it. This is my thing. And then you double down on it.
0: I was thinking as you were talking, like getting the data. You want the data. And yeah. what Kelsey's talking about is really when you're just hopping into this. So we have a lot of DOOs who are coming through our program with the great resignation, the way it is today. We got we have a lot of people who are exiting corporate who who have these amazing operational skill sets who may or may not have been informal or executive leadership inside of there, but they're setting up their own businesses where they really do have to be the executive. There's no choice. You are the executive of probably many different facets. And One of the questions that they have is, Where do I even start? And the advice that Kelsey just shared is 100% the same if you're setting up any kind of business, but knowing that you've got skills, you know, you already have gifts and skills inside of the operational space. And, you know, we can talk about those disciplines being project management. You know, she was talking about Enneagram and, you know, the different types of coaching that are available to the one example that she shared in life coaching. But for us, when we start thinking about our hard skills, project management, all different kinds of human resource. I mean, there is so much inside of human resource, and we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that here in a second. But there are so many data, financials, the way that you set up different organizations, your legal technology process. I mean, there is just lots of different spaces where our community has specialty and you can try, like she said, try those on for size. See what, not only what sticks, I want to caution you. It's not really what sticks. It's what makes you feel good. What makes you feel in not control
1: of impassioned, like you feel like I'm willing to put in the work for this because I like it that much and it's fun. You start to kind of feel like you're in the zone and then you're like, I'm willing to put the time and the space and the energy into this. It feels that exciting to mm-hmm. me to go after.
0: And think about, I know, Kelsey, you've been along my entire journey, but at the very beginning when, you know, I had a lot of operational skills and expertise known leadership, nice title and rank in corporate. And I leave there and all of a sudden I'm like, I have nothing, I'm no good. What am I gonna do? I raise my hand, like halfway raise it up. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'll try to do project management Dude, I had run multi-million-dollar projects for a huge company, but I had to like rewire myself now that I was independently responsible for all of the things, and I was coming from just a completely different environment. So I tried on project management. When I got into project management, I then tried on another like a, like a facet of project management and said, "Oh, you know what? I'll create project plans," which meant that I would hand the plan over to the leader and they could you know, with their teams could set those things up. Oh, you know what? I did the project plan, but this leader and I, we really jive. You know what? She needs some consulting. She actually wants coaching because she feels a lot of value from an operationally minded coach. So before you knew it, I offered something called CEO consulting, where I met with these people. Couple times a month to help them move their operational strategy forward. Now, these people didn't have big teams, but it was perfect for me to try on different things. And from there, I continued to evolve into a variety of different things that we have tested and tried on over the last seven years. It wasn't until probably, man, two and a half years ago, where I had the confidence and the clarity to say, I've tried on enough things. I actually believe that I have enough intellectual property and value to the world around me to make a difference in this way. So there was a healthy, lengthy journey that got me to that clarity. And I don't think anyone has that on day one. So don't pressure yourself into finding your forever thing on day one or day 1000. Absolutely.
1: The sooner you find out what you're not good at and what you don't like to do, the sooner you will find out what your kind of zone is that is going to be the most successful, the most enjoyable, that aligns with the schedule that you want, that aligns with the money that you want to make, which aligns with what's going to make you the best wife, partner, friend at the end of the day. Like it takes a while. You have to stumble. So it's almost like, like I'll tell my coaches when they're doing discovery calls and the very 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 beginning, if they're brand new, that they should have a yes, no list. And they need to get so many no's before they get a yes. Right. And I'm like, I want you to get nine no's, like nine no's and then one yes. So on that 10th discovery call is when you get the yes. So it's almost like changing your mindset to realize like, I got to get through nine no's before I get even get the yes, before I even get the first client. And often it doesn't take nine no's, right? You you get the yes a lot sooner than those nine no's. But if your brain is telling yourself, I got to get through nine no's on a discovery call, then you're much more willing to take action and to just go for it. It's a Same thing with owning your expertise or owning that like specialty or that zone of what you want. You have to get through those not perfect fits before you find the perfect fit, you know?
0: Oh yes, I myself have done this, but I advise our students inside of the DOO certification for every client that you broke up with because they just frustrated you, they weren't the right fit, they conflicted with your values, they just didn't make you feel like you want to feel. And it led you so far down the path that you despise them. You couldn't wait to break up with them. You were trying to find ways to evade the work. Like those are all valid things that have happened. So I'm not saying this like, oh, that's terrible if that's happened to you. It's happened to me. We've all done it. We are going to be around people that aren't your people. And every single time you have one of those on a sticky note that lives on your computer, write down what it was that made you feel that way about this person. Because as you're going through these nine no's, that's like your litmus test, right? Your product and your offer may change, but the people who fill you up, the people that you're serving, right? We're all in the service space. The people that you're serving, they have to pass a certain criteria too. So writing down what those things are And as you're talking and having good, meaningful conversations, you're really trying to tease out, is this person like this? Does this person have, are you getting any sense, intuitive senses that these things that have really been troublesome for you in the past are going to reappear? You're never going to do your best work in that space. And I see, especially us women, we will tolerate that or we'll be desperate or we'll tell ourselves that we're not successful if we don't get this kind of client. When in fact, they broke all of your rules and you just didn't honor your own rules. you And I have done this, friends. I've done this. And when I started to be very specific about what that looked like, I was so much more confident to say no or not right now. Or, hey, I've got a friend who would be better suited for you. Referrals
1: like breed out of the space. Oh my gosh, I love that. And I'm like envisioning my own post-it note on my computer right now because I feel like this is like the best advice when it comes to dating and friendships and figuring out your right people is like every time something didn't work in the past, which just kind of like hovers over us with this weird guilt and shame and confusion. It's like, if you can just identify, and of course, because this is your zone of genius, Matt that is like identify the value that was misaligned there? Like what Mm -hmm. was that thing that made this not work? And what's the opposite of that? The opposite of that is your value, right? And whatever that is for like, for me, I really recognized in my life with my husband, with my friends, with the people that I coach, with the people in my programs, transparency is a huge value of mine. And I realized that by just noticing the patterns of people that I ended up not feeling hundred percent comfortable with, not getting along with, not feeling that spark, it's because we didn't have instant transparency. And like you and I, Natalie, like that's one of the reasons we hit it off so quickly is because we were instantly transparent. We were willing to be over absolutely open, absolutely honest. There was kind of no topic off limits for us. We were really, really open. And for me, that instant willingness to be transparent makes me feel trust. It makes me feel safe with that person, whether it is in a professional standpoint, right? Or it's a personal standpoint. And so I'm like looking at envisioning this post-it note, right? Like on my computer being like, for me with my team members that I onboard in my business with the people that I bring on that I love coaching with in my mastermind or my incubator, like the people that I really connect with that I help the most, they have those values. The transparency is a huge one for them. They want to show up completely open and honest. I wanna show up completely open and honest and it just gets to the root into the
0: heart of things so much faster, you know? Absolutely. The depth of the connection is really important for you and in the line of work that you're doing, right? If yeah. you have people who want to coach other people, but they are resistant or hesitant or hold too much back, you start to ask yourself, how are you gonna expect the other person to meet you in the middle and to have what I would describe as a healthy relationship To help somebody move to the next level. So let's move into the coaching space. And I want to make this transition and talk about how I see operators, how we show up as coaches in the businesses that we build, in the careers that we build. And Kelsey brought this up earlier. One of the places that really navigates All different kind of levels of operations, all different disciplines of operations, the ways that we create offers and products, that is really agnostic to what I'm talking about right here, comes down to leadership. And I think leadership, effective leadership comes through really good quality conversations. So if that is something that you're looking for, leadership, leadership is going to give you the ability to sit at the strategic level in a business, especially from an operational perspective side, actually both sides of the business. But if that's something that you desire, coaching, developing these coaching skills, again, communication from the facet of communications will really, it's going to fast track you. That's what's going to allow you to stand out, to be seen, to feel, for other people to feel confident in you. And it sits outside of the hard skill of operations. This is something that is a soft skill. This is something that you can definitely build it. And I also believe a lot of us have it, but we have fears, we have misconceptions. We maybe we're traumatized from some of the conversations that we've professionally had in corporate or from bad bosses or demeaning people. I mean, there's just so much that we can go down. I want to help you see what a gift, effective, powerful, strong communication can be because you will be coaching. We coach in lots of different facets. I shared with you earlier, I was doing CEO consulting, which was really coaching. It was really being a safe container for a leader who had big visions in their business to come to me. I was really a business coach. Those words scared me at the time because I didn't believe myself. I had all the skills. I couldn't give myself the title. And we're not here to talk about the title. This is a skill that you will be doing as a high level anything inside of a business because you're a confidant, you're a peer to the leader. You are building the vision that the leader has. So there's got to be that level playing field and an open, honest communication is gonna be very, very important. So this also shows up in an operator's role when you are doing discovery calls, when you're kicking off projects and doing kickoff calls, it shows up when you're hiring, when you're onboarding. It really conversations are in the, the higher priority of the value that you're going to bring. So I want to spend the remainder of our time together today, Kelsey, talking about how we can help our community of operators be better coaches and better communicators. So give us some tips on what makes a really good coach.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. And you're so right. And all of those examples you mentioned having a good conversation, you know, someone is really about being a master communicator. And that's what really great coaches are. They have mastered communication. And because that is such a soft skill, you often need to create kind of like a container around it. You need to create some structure for yourself. So, you know, These are my rules of communicating, right? These are my rules of having conversations. And I know if I follow these, I will create. space and container and energy that makes people feel like, oh my gosh, I was just in a room with someone that holds this space, that commands this space, right? That makes everyone feel seen and heard while also leads a conversation and the place it needs to be going, right? So I just feel like these skills can be used and transferred in so many different ways. You know, I teach my coaches and consultants how to do it but it's something you can use with friends at dinner parties at places where you just want to hold a space that feels elevated, that feels significant. And when you become a masterful communicator, that is the kind of space that you create and you hold for people. And so I do teach a a method and a way in which I I help people to kind of create that just so they have a structure and they know what they're trying to hit. Like, what is the goal of the conversation? What are my rules that I follow? So it's
0: kind of a coaching container. I'm going to tell you that you said one word that we all heard and that was called structure. So we love for you to tell us how to do it because we, we jam on that stuff. So spill it for us. I love it. I love it.
1: Well, it's so funny because as a coach, the world of coaching is so lofty, softy, right? It's just like, so beautiful and emotional and kind of like swarmy. Like we're very syrupy, we're emotional, big hearted, empathetic humans. And it's like, that's so wonderful. Now, what is the structure of the way I'm, make this work, right? like, And I feel like that's missing a lot from the coaching industry, right? Like it's knowing these different structures and methods, not only for how to grow your coaching business, but how to get measurable results for clients, how to have a wonderful conversation, how to make sure that is a successful conversation. Those methods, I feel like people are I feel like the coaching industry talks a lot about you can do it and not so much how to do it, right? So one way in which you do it, and there's so many beautiful ways out there, but one way in which you can is through this method that I call the CDR method. And it's really about clarity in the beginning of the coaching conversation, discovery, like the meat and the strategy in the middle of it, and then reflection to really focus and wrap it up at the end. And the most important part of that method is clarity in the beginning. And this is what will differentiate a masterful communicator, a fantastic coach, someone that is above the rest is that very beginning piece of clarity, which is focusing the person that you're talking to, focusing them on what they really, really care about and getting to the meat of it, right? I think that we jump so quickly into strategizing and problem-solving and wanting to help them come up with a solution because we're excited, we're hungry, we want to share our expertise, we want to solve the problem. We jump so quickly into that, that sometimes people miss that clarity piece in the beginning. And often you end up solving a problem that maybe isn't the most important problem. Maybe it's not the root of where they actually really want to go. Maybe it's what every other consultant and coach is trying to solve for them. But what they needed was someone to spend some time in that very beginning of the method, which is clarity, on clarifying what is it that you truly want to walk away with, whether it's from this conversation, like at the end of this coaching conversation, at the end of this 20 minutes or 60 minutes, what is going to make you? walk away feeling like this was a home run this was the best hour you spent your whole week what is the thing that's going to make you walk away from that and they might not have thought that they might not have taken the time to really clarify that for themselves they might have walked into that meeting being like hey i need 10 more clients i need 10 more k i need to focus on this one kpi and you want to stop them and say awesome I hear you. That's really important. Tell me about why that's important. Where is that actually going to get you? What is the true desire? What's the true result that's going to show up from that? Tell me about why you want that. You may find out that it's because they want to spend more time with their kids and focusing on that KPI is actually the exact wrong KPI you should be focusing on, right? Like, so there's so much information and Beautiful ahas that come from clarifying the true end result that your client really wants, that your friend really wants, that your husband really needs, whoever it is that you're talking to in the very beginning. It's like, what's really important here? What is the most important thing for you? What's going to make this conversation so beautiful, so successful? So for me, that clarity piece at the very beginning of the CDR method is probably what makes or breaks a good conversationalist or like a good coach?
0: I'm going to take this right back to work, but I can definitely see how this works in all relationships. I'm thinking about the conversations, like the better communicator I am with my husband or with my teenage kids, how understanding instead of trying to fix, instead of trying to come in with solutions. And as operators, Kelsey, we're like born to solve problems. I mean, we are so, we, we spot them easily. We have the gift of seeing opportunity, risk, issues, and we find a lot of value in striving for outcomes. And so I want to tell, especially those ladies who have come through our DOO program, that when we do strategic mapping, which is strategic planning for businesses, Here's something that I get a lot of times, Kelsey, we teach the method in the model and they'll come back and they'll say, how do I stop myself from solving the problems? I'm like, no, no, no. Strategic mapping comes through listening to all of their ideas, to catching the vision that they have. Yes. You're not in the business initially of spotting their issues because you don't know their motivators yet. You don't know the full picture of their business. Like I've tried to do this in businesses. I've tried to come into, I'll say businesses that, weren't ready for me, or I've come into businesses where the leader wasn't fully transparent. So I didn't get that full clarity on the why they wanted this particular outcome. And when I don't build a strong enough relationship at the very beginning to truly deeply understand the outcome, I'll never fix the right thing. As for a service provider and someone who's just got an incredible amount of empathy like me, It doesn't take much to make me feel really worthless, really unvalued, really broken if I'm solving things that don't seem valuable to the person on the other end. And so I can see how this shows up in, in our work, whether you are a DOO and you use the strategic mapping model, or if you are doing strategic planning or content planning or whatever it may be, your idea of really getting deep, deep clarity. It's not, tell me what you want and I'll make it happen. In your example, it would be like, hey, I want to make $10,000 this month or in this launch. And you, as a strategist, goes to work and solves that. So you do the launch and say you make $12,000, the person's still not any happier, any more fulfilled, any closer to their vision. Comes back to, oh, we didn't answer the root of the problem. We were never clear when we started. So we want people to see value in the work that you do, but getting clear from the very beginning. And that clarity comes through, i believe and, and you're you're the expert here but deeply listening being connected mm-hmm. to the work, giving them space, that safety container. I hear that all the time from people. Nat, I've never felt more safe. Natalie, you make me feel like I can say anything. You don't judge me for these numbers. If I set my goal too big, you have strategic ways of talking to me to reassess that goal, to say, instead of saying, honey, that goal is way too big, we're never going to achieve that, which is maybe what I'm thinking. There are much better, stronger ways of conveying that, of of making them critically think to reassess. And then we can get the clarity that we need so that we can all be successful. So this can show up in life coaching, definitely in business coaching. And it will, without a doubt, make you a different kind of operator if you get that clarity that she's talking about in her CDR method.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. And you're so right. It is based around listening and creating that space for them to open up and that's where the ahas come, right? Like that's where the the elevated conversation happens. And that's where you become on a elevated level yeah. versus the other coach versus the other DOO versus the other project manager. You have a more elevated conversation with them than they've had with anybody else. And you of course, need some guardrails, which is like what strategic mapping gives. And like, I give people the 27 questions that create clarity in my program. You give people strategic mapping. So you start with some guardrails. You're like, no, I'm going to give you some places to play around in. I'm going to prompt you with some areas to talk about. But when you open up, then that's my chance to listen. That's my chance to listen to the exact words you're saying, the exact numbers, the phrase is the way in which your energy pops up, the way in which your energy pops down, like that's your chance to observe and listen and then reflect those things back and be like, hey, hold on a second. You just got really excited when you talked about that. Oh, wait, hold on a second. You just said a number I've never heard before. Let's talk more about that, you know? And that is where the magic really starts to happen, right? And that's when we shift into the middle part of that CDR method, which is discovery, right? Like then you're discovering all these different beautiful juicy pieces Pieces. And then at the very end of the CDR method, you reflect. And the key here is having them reflect instead of you. You don't want to put your reflections, what you're taking away from the call, your idea of what was successful in that call, on them. You ask them, "Okay, now out of this entire conversation, what are you going to take with you through the week? What stands out the most to you? Because you might have have had this completely different." Idea of what was successful in that conversation, and they will come back with something completely different. The ahas and the magics that's happening inside of them during these really smart, elevated conversations are so significant and telling. And that wraps up an entire conversation with, like, oh my gosh, that is what you took away from that. Beautiful. Never would have guessed it. Writing it down, it's incredibly telling, and it helps to get you to know,
0: like, know them on such like a deeper level. I think of this when we are doing like a kickoff call, right? So, you know, they're trying to figure out if you're the person to come in and work inside of their business and you're doing the same thing on the other side. But as the service provider, you want to create this the entire CDR, right? You want to lead your conversation through that And at the end, you will know and they will know. They will, Both of you guys will have clarity on if it's right to move forward and if it's not. And referring back to something else that Kelsey said earlier, you may have several of these conversations before you find the right person or the right opportunity for you. But when you do and you've run through a method like this, you've listened, you deeply understand what they want. You believe that you're the person to do this. You have heard them. They felt safe. I promise you. When we talk about turnover and how many clients and da, 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 when you have a trusted relationship like this that's built on this model. You're going to stay in the business longer. You're going to do fulfilling work. You're actually going to come in as a powerful partner to this person. You're going to get out of the implementation piece. If that's not what you desire, if you see yourself as a strategist, seeing yourself coming in as more of a a manager or a partner, you're able to do that through this piece. And it's important for you to know that it's available to you and that conversations are really, they're the backbone of building this. And it starts from the absolute first interaction that you have. You can do, I mean, the CDR method, I mean, Kelsey, correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't have to take an hour, right? Oh, you can use that in a 10 minute
1: conversation or an entire VIP day. Like it's the idea that these are the pieces that you wanna put together in like a beautiful, strong, elevated, masterful communication like conversation.
0: Yeah. I can see this in so many different ways, but definitely if you're a strategist inside of a business or a director of operations or even an aspiring director of operations, if you position your strategic day or a couple of hours with the leader, if you kick off the day with this, you're going to have a completely different outcome than if you walk in the door and you say, okay, here's my method. Here's how we're going to do it. That's why we start our experience, the strategic mapping model experience with mission, vision, and values. It Mm -hmm. allows them to share. It allows them to tell us what success looks like for them, who they aspire to be. And you can be vetting and asking yourself, is this the kind of person or people or, or industry or level that I want to be working with? Or not, And they can do the exact same thing, but creating the safe container is, it's been so powerful for me. I would encourage all of you guys not to rush that piece, to not skip over it, to not be so excited with the outcomes that you know you can deliver on, but allow them to be heard first before you show off. Yeah, And and there's a space for that. But I mean, Kelsey, I'm thinking of people right now that have, you know, we've done interviews with or they've pitched me on their services just before this call today. Somebody very sweet gave me a very customized loom on how they could help me. And (laughs) and I'm thinking, wow, she just went into this with what she could do for me. She has no idea anything about me. And and that's one very small way of, of showing that she lost my trust because she never heard me. She doesn't know if this is my issue for whatever reason, that's her marketing tactic. But if she really knew who I was, if she knew what I stood for she would have done that really differently. She would have, you know, wanted to have a conversation with me. And some of this can be personalized, but some of this is just human, like creating safe containers is definitely humanized. It's not always systematized. We do have this, you know, the structure for you, but it comes very organically. It doesn't have to be a three-point checklist. It's going to come organically as you trust yourself to show up in that conversation.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I'm just thinking of so many. So, I mean, over the years I have worked with so many DOOs, so many project managers, so many integrators, right? I've worked with all of these different people kind of testing in my business, kind of like who, who is the, the online business manager, like who's the person that's the best fit for me. And I have seen the difference between people that come in and just want to problem solve and implement and give me a plan right away versus people that come in and they elevate me. They make me think about what is, what are we really trying to achieve here, Kelsey? And why are we focusing on this? KPI? Like, what is the ultimate goal? Where do you want to be in one year, three years, five years, right? They're the people that have those conversations about mission, vision, and values. They're the people that ask, they spend more time on that clarity piece in the beginning why is this ultimately where you want to focus? Like, what is the end result that you really want in your life that this KPI or this list building thing, or this is going to help us get to? And it's a people that can elevate my thinking like that, that really just in the beginning, hold me to this higher standard of like, Kelsey, we need to get to the root of why this is really important to you. And then we implement, and then we Then we make it happen. Then we create the plan. Then we project manage around that. Those are the people that stick on my team
0: for the longest because they're asking me the right questions, you know. Ladies, I hope you heard every single word of that. That is a differentiator from what you do versus what somebody else who has a very similar skill set to you does differently and what works for leaders in our space. I hope that that has, I hope that sticks with you. Do you have any questions, like when you're looking for that clarity, are there a couple of questions that you can give us that really transcend industry and what we're doing? Do you have those? You know, I mean, when I, when I'm working
1: with people, the question that I like to ask them is I like to have them envision where they are. A certain amount of time from the day we're having that conversation. So, like, I work with people in the coach's mastermind for six months. So, when I'm having conversations with them and I want to understand what is really important to them, where do they really want to go? Like, I need to know. I will say, okay, so it's January 2nd. I want you to envision it's June 2nd. And I want you to envision June 2nd. And you and I are sitting down and we are having a cocktail together. And you look at me and you say, Oh my gosh, Kelsey, that last six months was the most significant six months I have ever had. Like that was a life-changing six months. I am so glad I did what? I am so glad I focused on what. I am so glad I was brave enough to do what. And that's what I want them. So I really want them to get out of where they're at right now, and I want to put them like in a a space and time frame. I want to give them a date. I want to put a drink in their hand. I want them to literally visualize that everything has happened that they want to happen. And then I want them to just riff off of that and to tell me what is life like in six months or whatever the time frame is that you want to work with that person. So if it's 12 months, if it's three months, if it's one month, you take them out of their situation that they're in right now and you have them go to that place. Like if I'm having a, I only have someone for 60 minutes, I will have them go to the 60 minutes. I want to say, okay, envision getting off this call with me. We're getting off the call right now you're going into the rest of your day. And you say that hour that I just spent with Kelsey was the best hour I have had in months. Mm -hmm. Why, what happened? What did we talk about? What problems did we solve? What do you have clarity on? And that's when they start kind of getting to the root of the really good stuff. So that's usually the place I
0: will tell people to go. Awesome. I'm going to make that our ops activity. With every single episode of the Ops Authority podcast, we want to make sure that we give you actionable advice and wisdom that you can employ in your business immediately, also into your career. Like right now, we don't want to have... We don't want to make it cumbersome. I want you to take something away from every single one of us. I know you love to listen and to learn and you hang out with us every single week. But today for this episode... I want you to do just that. I want you, the next time you're on a conversation, maybe it's a team call. Maybe it's a call with your CEO. Maybe it's an interview. I want you to ask the question that Kelsey just gave us. And it really sits inside of that clarity of her CDR method. What do you want to get out of this next 30 minutes, this next 30 days, this next year of the relationship that we are committing to right now? What does success look like? And hold on to that. So Kelsey, thank you so much. I hope those of you guys that have listened today have enjoyed the wisdom of Kelsey and see how you are actually coaching. I know a lot of us have resistance to using the word coach. I'm telling on myself because I definitely did in the earlier days of business because I didn't see myself as worthy. But over time, it's like, I have absolutely been coaching people my entire life. I have been mentoring people, guiding people, listening to what their desires are. I've been developing them on their path and not on mine. And you're likely doing something very, very similar for your clients. So be aware of how much coaching is happening in the operational space. And I trust that your time that you've spent with Kelsey and I today has given you a lot of tips and pointers and just relatable experiences in the journeys that we all share together. As we wrap up, Kelsey, can you share with them, with our audience, where they can find you and anything else you'd like to, to end us with?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. And thanks for everyone listening, letting Natalie and I nerd out and get to soak each other up for an hour. That was so fun for me. I'm so grateful for your friendship. I'm so grateful to have been on the journey with you these many, many years. You guys find yourself some business besties, man. They will carry you through. Um, so I'm so grateful. Yeah. And if people want to jump into my world a little bit more, they can come over to Kelseymurphy.com or they can come check me out on the whiskey and work podcast. That's really fun. That's been a guest on that. And I open up coaching programs periodically throughout the year. If you get on my email list, you'll hear all about them. But I mean, honestly, you're in good hands with with Natalie right here. You're going to get me regardless. Uh, I mean, I'm popping into Natalie's programs. I am like we're we're incestuous, like we we come with each other. So um, whether you're in her world or my world, I'm just I'm grateful to be a part of it
0: you know what? In our mindset module, we have like a seven minute recorded Voxer from you. So you're oh my already, gosh, really? Yep. Yep. I from love it. Yeah. A couple years ago you had given us that. So you're definitely a part of our program. And again, thank you so much for being here, Kelsey. Ladies, I will see you or you will hear me on the podcast next week. Thank you guys for hanging out and we'll see you next week.